Hey, you're here, right? Now that's a question that only you know the answer to, but if you are here, just know this. You are tuned in to The Paul Leslie Hour. It's a great pleasure to present this interview from the archives with Miss Amanda Erlinger. Just a quick precursor before we get started. Would you subscribe to The Paul Leslie Hour on YouTube? If you could, it'll make a big difference and help us a lot. See, we're trying to double our YouTube subscribers before we hit the 20-year mark. And it's free and quick. You ever notice that a kaleidoscope of images surround us every day, stills and in living motion? Uh Uh-huh. It's the artist who sees the miracles in both the great and seemingly ordinary things. Using paintbrushes or cameras, these visions and images can be preserved. That way, the pictures can be admired again and again. On this episode, you'll encounter Amanda Erlinger, an artist and photographer. Amanda Erlinger is a native of Los Angeles, California. Amanda gives thanks to her grandfather for teaching her certain artist techniques and concepts. Amanda Erlinger's grandfather was and is someone known to the whole wide world. His name? Frank Sinatra. The late Frank Sinatra was not only a vocalist, a recording artist, an actor, but also a painter. Amanda Erlinger compiled a book of photographs working with Robin Morgan. The book's title is simply Sinatra. It's the only sanctioned luxury book in commemoration of the centenary. That's 100 years since Frank Sinatra's birth. We've got so much content like this, it just needs to be distributed, and you can help us in our mission. If you'd like to be a patron of The Spoken Word, simply visit www.thepaulleslie.com support. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to start the interview with Ms. Amanda Erlinger. Let's begin, then. Joining us is our special guest, Amanda Erlinger. She's an artist and photographer. Amanda Erlinger has also compiled a luxury book, entitled simply Sinatra. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Paul. It's good to be here. Thank you for joining us. If you could paint a picture of what your childhood was like, what would this painting look like? It would be full of all the colors of the rainbow. I'm very blessed to have grown up with a wonderful family, wonderful parents, an amazing sister, older sister, and I really have to hand it to my parents for making sure that my sister and I always stayed grounded and had our feet on the ground and got a good education. Both my sister and I are college graduates, and you know, that, so that was a first in our family. And we had a lot of fun, and we had a lot of good times, and especially all of us together And in regard to my grandparents, too, both my grandma and my grandpa on my mom's side, my grandpa Frank and, you know, my grandma Nancy, they also spent a lot of time with us and we had so many wonderful, wonderful moments together and so many shared memories. My father's 
parents and my father's family all live on the East Coast. So we didn't get to spend as much time with them when we were growing up and we were younger. But I always have really fond memories of my childhood. And I'm forever grateful, like I said, to my parents, my grandparents for making sure that I just always had a good head on my shoulders, I think. And that's a lot of that is thanks to them. I really can't take an enormous amount of credit for that. I think they really made sure that we always knew where we came from and that not everybody was in the same position as, as we were. So it's always, it's always good to see and remember where you came from. It was a wonderful experience growing up in my family, and I'm really blessed and lucky. You mentioned the word memories a couple of times there. Just maybe the first one that pops into your mind. Share with us a very vivid memory from your earlier years. I have a very vivid memory of being in Palm Springs with my entire family, vivid memories of different holidays like Christmas time and New Year's of being in Palm Springs, Rancho Mirage at my grandpa's house with my mom and dad, my sister, my aunt, my uncle, my grandma at times, like, and just like enjoying our time together and feeling so relaxed and happy to be with my grandpa who was on the road a lot. But when he was home, we always made a point to go and see him because he would get in touch with us. So yeah, I have really fond memories of that, of being there. And my grandpa didn't live like very extravagantly. He really did have sort of a simple life when he was home and not on the road. And that we would just have wonderful dinners together and take walks together or we'd swim in the pool or do all of the things that you would do with your grandpa and your parents and your sisters and your your aunts and uncles. So so a big Italian-American family and that's a lot of my really happy memories of childhood took place there and also in Los Angeles with, with my family here. You know, we're all, my sister and I are both born and raised Los Angelinos. So I have a lot of great memories. I mean, oh God, it's so hard to pick one that stands out in particular, but I do remember those holiday times, spending them with my family out in Rancho Mirage and Palm Springs and just really reminiscing about that. Our special guest is Amanda Erlinger. How did your passion for visual arts begin? I think it started when I was really young. I always kind of gravitated more towards the visual arts. When I was in elementary school, it's kind of like the first real memory I have of sort of gravitating that way. Um, the rest of my family, all of them are extremely creative, but they gravitate more towards the performing arts side. I'm a little bit more shy and kind of like behind the scenes. So when I think back, I think back to sort of getting my first paint set and kind of learning how to do that when I was quite young and always sort of wanting to go that route and always dreaming of one day being able to have my own studio and, and work, which, which I've been lucky enough to achieve. So yeah, it's, it started pretty early for me. I, I was a, good student, like a very good student, but I did always sort of gravitate toward those visual arts. And then in college, I studied a double major. I did fine art, which was a focus on painting and photography, and then also art history. I always loved the history of art as well. It started pretty early. You mentioned in an article that 
was published recently. The, some of the things you learned about painting was f- from your grandfather, and of course your grandfather was Frank Sinatra. What was the greatest lesson that he gave you? My grandpa had his own painting studio at his home in Rancho Mirage, and he started painting very early on. I think a lot earlier than most people know, he started painting when he was probably in his early 20s. So, And he always kind of went back and forth to it. It was not so much a hobby as it was like a passion of his, and I think that it relaxed him. I think it gave him a little bit of time to do something outside of what he was doing with his you know, performing career, and he also enjoyed like doing that at home where his family was. And so in his art studio in, in Rancho Mirage, it's where my sister and I spent a lot of time with him, and it's where he basically taught me how to paint and taught me how to work with different materials and techniques. And the lesson that it takes from him that I really, really still hold with me and holds true to this day, it really resonates with me, was his respect for his materials, and he always instilled that in me to take care of your brushes, take care of your you know, your palette knives, take care of your paint, make sure you're always keeping clean in your studio and staying organized and don't rely on other people to clean up after you, clean up after yourself and just take pride in in that and take pride in your work, but also take pride in your materials and take care of them and make sure that you don't take that side of it for granted. So I would say that's probably the lesson that resonates the most with me. He was very neat and clean and tidy he did have people that helped him in his life because his life was very busy. But when it came to certain things, and his studio was one of them, he cleaned his brushes himself. He organized his studio himself. He cleaned all of that and did the, the vast majority of his work and cleanup and, and working in his studio on his own. And he took great pride in that. I've always really respected him for that. He was like that in all his work. As far as the painting goes and what he passed on to me, I would say that that would be the the lesson that resonates the most. You've compiled this book, and the title of it is Sinatra. What was the inspiration behind the book? Yes, the book is, I I was very lucky to have a co-editor working with me. His name is Robin Morgan. He's from the United Kingdom, really skilled at what he does. So he was a huge asset, and our designer, Stephen Reed, who also worked on the book and designed it in conjunction with myself. And the inspiration behind the book was really from my family, really, my entire family. We always had talked about the fact that no one had ever done a book of this kind, sort of a fine art photography book that would celebrate his life, my grandpa's life, but would be from a very personal perspective. And the fact that I was sort of in charge looking through our family archives for so many years my family came to me and said, would you be interested in kind of co-curating this book and editing it? And I said, it's, you know, of course, it's an amazing honor and I'm honored to do it. So that's the inspiration really came from my family and looking through their personal archives. And my grandmother had some amazing photographs that I had never seen before and that no one has ever seen before. A lot of those are included in the book, photographs that my grandpa took himself that my grandmother had where she kind of handed them off to me and said, you know, your grandpa took took these and I took these and 
different family members took different photographs of him and, and of them together and uh, throughout the years. So it, it was really exciting to look at all of it and daunting as well because there's so much. And then, of course, those other places where we looked at photographs, other archives, other sources where we sourced and licensed photographs from to include in the book. I think it's really a beautiful book, beautifully designed, and and I really think that the team that we worked with did a remarkable job, and I hope that people enjoy it. Like I said, it's limited edition. It's only a thousand in print, and it's it's expensive. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It's an expensive. It was an expensive project, but I think that for the really diehard Sinatra fans who are willing to invest in something like this, I hope they're going to be happy. I really hope that they enjoy the book and and enjoy the contributors that we have. There's a lot of people contributed short thoughts or essays that that we've included in the book, including my grandma, my mom, my aunt, and my uncle. I think it's all very well done, and, and, and I hope that people are proud of it and enjoy it. You mentioned your grandmother just a moment ago. Recently, we welcomed a gentleman named Charles Granada, and he talked a lot about Nancy Sinatra Sr. And there's not a lot of information about her, but I just was hoping you could share with us, who is this woman at heart? Oh, my grandma. My grandma's amazing. Gosh, she is 98 years old. She's still going strong. She's just the heart and soul of our family. She is the touchstone for so many of us. And she's intelligent. She's funny. She has a great sense of humor. She's strong. She's organized and skilled and loving and generous and so caring and kind. And I'm so lucky to have her as a grandmother. And I think that she is a very, very large reason why my grandfather was able to do what he did. And I think that if my grandpa were alive, he would agree that, you know, because of a lot of the things that my grandma did and a lot of the ways that my grandma lived her life and helped take care of family and take care of friends and take care of certain parts of of her existence and his existence that he was able to achieve a lot of his goals with her help. She's just a wonderful, amazing person and all the way around with one of the most genuine souls of anybody that I know. I'm really honored to know her and call her my grandma. I love her dearly, as do all of us. Is there a picture in the book that you find yourself looking at again and again and again? Hmm. There's a few. I'm partial to the earlier photographs, but there are some of the later ones that I also love. But the ones of him when he's young, very young. There's a few of him where he's swimming in the ocean in New Jersey that my grandmother took of him. And I love those because I live at the beach and I'm a surfer and a swimmer and it's just so lovely to see those photographs of him. Those are a few that I had never seen before. And then I also love some of the classic images of him 
from like the 1950s. We were lucky enough to work with a few different archives. There's some beautiful photographs from that time period. And then later on in his life, I think when he had a chance to sort of relax a little bit more, there's a couple of photographs in there by John Bryson, famous photographer, where he's at his home in Rancho Mirage. And I just really love those photographs of him. He looks so relaxed and happy and kind of in his element. It was his favorite place to be when he wasn't on the road. It was his home in Rancho Mirage. And then there's a photograph of my grandparents together. Let's see, it's probably like in the late 90s, so late 1990s. And they're just greeting each other. I think it's after my sister's college graduation. And just seeing them together, you know, later on in their lives, they were friends their whole lives. So seeing that picture always kind of tugs up my heart a little bit. It's hard to pick one, I know. I know I was supposed to pick one, but it's hard to do. (laughs) When somebody picks up this book and looks through it for the first time, what do you want them to get out of that experience? What was your vision when you were creating it for the end result? Well, my vision in creating it was just to hopefully show sides of him that perhaps some people didn't know, so a little bit more of a personal side. While we also have his career and different aspects of his life are represented in the book, I also wanted to make sure that it felt personal to people because it is a high-end book and it is something that's a collector's item. So I really wanted people to feel that they were getting something special And my family felt the same way, as did Robin Morgan, who co-edited it with me. He also always said, we really need to make this feel personal so that we're showing us different sides of him. The man, not just the career, but the man himself. And so I hope when people look at it and read the words, a lot of it is the words that people wrote that, that are included in the book, Contributions by His Friends, by His Family, and also by, you know, contemporary people, because contemporaries in the, in the music industry and the creative arts industry that share their inspirations and thoughts on him. I wanted people just to hopefully feel like they walk away with a different, maybe they learn something that they didn't know before about him or take something away from it that they didn't previously know. And also just enjoy the images in the book as well. And kind of go on that journey. The book isn't laid out strictly chronologically, and the designer and I sort of did that on purpose. It's it's chronological in a way, but it lays out a little bit more like a lifetime of memories. So I hope people respond to that as well and, and enjoy the quality of the book. That's my hope. I really do hope that people know that my family really wanted to do something special, and hopefully it resonates with people. There are so many people who contributed to this book. They submitted things to you. Martin Scorsese, George Clooney, many people. Was there one that was the most touching for you to read? Definitely. I love love some of the contributions that we got from different people. George Clooney's was amazing. The one from Quincy Jones is is so personal and and from a friendship level really strikes a chord with me. There's so many others in there that I love, but the one that when I read it, that it really, really hits me is my grandmother's 
contribution, which I sat and recorded her and then transcribed it. It's just so emotional and so heartfelt. I love what she has to say. And I loved her take on it and sitting with her and, and listening to her for those couple of hours that day, just talk about her life too, her, her life and her perspective and talking about my grandpa and how she remembered it and how she feels about it. I feel like that's the one that really hits home with me. Everyone knows Frank Sinatra, the singer and the actor. And as you mentioned, some people know about his paintings, but you also talked a little bit about how there's a few photographs in this book that Frank Sinatra took himself. Yes. Is there any commonality that you noticed in his style of photography or in his subjects? I think he was just sort of, it seems to me, just from looking at it, that he's a constant observer. And I think he had a sense of playfulness, too. So some of the images that he shot himself are playful and fun. And, and he also loved taking pictures of his kids and I think he was just more of like a documentarian. I think he would be so modest about his photography skills because I think he would just say, you know, I just always carried a camera whenever I could. And I just wanted to document people in my life and places that I went and had been. He would be very modest about it. (laughs) But I love looking at them because it definitely, again, shows another side to him. And we also have images of him that other people took where he always has a camera, <laughs> always has a camera around his neck where he's holding a camera. So that's really fun to see, too. This is kind of not connected so much to the book, but I'm very curious to know. Charles Granada said that your favorite album of Sinatra's is Watertown. Yeah. Not, not just of that album, but, and this is probably an impossible question, but of all of the songs he recorded, could you pick a song that means the most to you? Oh, my goodness. I <laughs> I know, Paul, that's like an impossible question. Uh, I, I really honestly don't think I could pick one. I have so many songs that I love. There's different renditions of certain songs that I love, you know, so it might not even be that one recording of that one song. You know, on Watertown, I love the song For a While. That's probably one of my absolute favorites in the early years, like the Columbia era. There's so many beautiful songs. I love Put Your Dreams Away. That's a beautiful song, and I always love hearing him sing that. And I love some of the real fun songs, too, like from Come Swing With Me. So I love five minutes more and sunny side of the street and some of the ones that maybe aren't his most popular, but those are some that I love. I love to listen to him later in his career as well. Watertown is later on, but I also love like listening to him even later on than that. So yeah, it's so hard for me to pick just one. I know that's so boring. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be much more exciting if right off the bat, I had one song that I loved and listened to all the time. But gosh, there's just so many. This is an open-ended question. For anyone who's listening in, what would you say to them? I would say what my grandpa always said to me was, the key lesson in life is to not be afraid of anybody or anything. And 
I always remember him saying that, and I think it's a good thing to always remind yourself, maybe when you get down or when you think you can't achieve something or when you're feeling like you're not at your best or someone's getting the best of you, just never be afraid of anybody or anything and just keep going. Just keep going and live your life and enjoy it. Enjoy every minute. That's what he did, and I try to, I really strive to do that. I really do. What is the best thing about being Amanda Erlinger? The best thing is I have an amazing husband. He is my, he's the love of my life. He's my best friend. I'm lucky that I met him early on in my life when I was 19 years old, (laughs) and he's always been there for me best part of my life and that I have a wonderful family and a wonderful, wonderful existence because of them. These people in my life make me who I am and without them, I wouldn't be who I am. So they are the best part of my life. My last question, who is Amanda Erlinger? Oh, Paul, these questions, <laughs> these questions are very deep. Well, I'd like to think that I'm a good person, that I'm a person of substance, that I do my best every day, that I strive to do my best every day. And when I fall down, I pick myself back up, I hope that I'm a good wife a good friend, a good sister, a good daughter, a good granddaughter, a good aunt, niece. And I hope that in some small way, part of who I am is the work that I've done in my life, my creative work, but also the work that I've done with my family and the things that I've accomplished, even though me, they seem modest. They are a part of me, and I hope to continue to be proud and make those people in my life who I talked about earlier proud. I like to think of myself as an artist and a person with a good heart and a good soul, and hopefully to continue to strive to be the best that I can be. That's who I want to be. That's who I hope I am. Also hope to have a little fun along the way. <laughs> a lot about me is is fun and I hope that that sticks to the wall in some way, shape or form about me. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for some of those questions. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. You should see the questions I don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see those. <laughs> No, I do, actually. I would love to see those. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, 
Corina Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.